Hello, all of you wonderful people out there. Welcome to Black and White Reviews. My name is Will, and I'm alone right now, but that's going to change in a second. Um, we're going back in our back catalog, and we're going to be releasing older episodes of ours. A little bit of backstory on that. <clears throat> this podcast experiment for Lee and I started well over a year and a half ago, and there's a good number of pods that we recorded back then. Um, there's a lot of reasons why they never saw the light of day. Some of them had audio issues, some of them just weren't up to snuff, and for the most part, some of them are my fault why they didn't get released. I was in charge of the editing, and I let that ball fumble, and to Lee, I apologize for that. It's just life got in the way, and I'm moving on from that. That being said, uh, you can expect a little intro of this anytime we do something that's in our back catalog. Um, this episode is, I think, yeah, this episode is going to be uh, 2015's The Martian. So I hope you enjoy that and thank you for listening. Bye. Welcome back to this week's episode of Black and White Commentaries. I am Will. And I'm Lee. And this week we are going to be discussing the film The Martian, uh, directed by Ridley Scott and basically starring Matt Damon, with some (laughs) B characters, Jessica Jastain, Kristen Wiig, Jeff Daniels, you know, the usual suspects. Um, (laughs) The usual suspects, yeah, because they're all in movies together all the time. (laughs) Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime you see Jeff Daniels, I mean, come on, He's, he's just, he just has that face. Just a usual, yeah. I don't know. When a I see his face, character. all I imagine is him on the toilet in Dumb and Dumber. It's of course you would, <laughs> of course you would, of course you would. Um, so I don't have a method to why I picked this movie. It's just something that I uh, came up the top of my head with. Um, what I wanted to basically talk about when I was thinking about this was just the fact that. I think this is one of Ridley Scott's finer films. I like Mm. this, and I know this is going to be blasphemy to a lot of people. I like this a lot better than I like something classic from him, say, like Alien. Mm. I think this is some of his best work. I always like the idea of a character persevering Mm. against all odds, and especially in something like this. He's alone, quite literally millions of miles away, and he makes it work. And it's such a feel-good movie. I mean, mm. we'll get into it later, but, you know, Matt Damon, um, he doesn't really lose it, which I respect a lot. Like, he's able to stay grounded. He's able to keep his composure for the most part. He's able to think his way through things. And even when we finally see him at the end, which we'll get to later, he's, you know, lost weight and he's clearly has some wounds and just the elements have are getting to him. But he keeps his sanity. Like, if this was any other movie... The, the main character would have completely lost it by this point. You know, I'm thinking about something like Castaway, where, you know, after six months of of um, <laughs> his name escapes me on that island, you know, he's already talking to a soccer ball. And here mm. he's this is I think this movie is brilliant for a mm. number of reasons, but that's definitely the top of my list. Um, How did you feel going into it? I was really confused because I thought this was like a prequel to Interstellar and it was not. (laughs) So for anybody who's watched Interstellar, I mean, he's on a planet 
and he's stranded there. And I'm, and I'm like, okay, it's the same movie. <laughs> like, is this gonna, so you, is this gonna connect? See, did you see this before you saw Interstellar, or the other way around? I think I saw Interstellar first. Okay. And I knew that um, <clears throat> Matt Damon was in The Martian because I mean they were I, they were both out you know for a while when uh, when I saw them both. I actually waited a mm-hmm. long time to see both of these movies, but um, I probably saw them maybe a year, two years ago, two years ago. Um, but yeah, I, I watched it and I was just, I was so confused that he would be in two space movies so close together. And the fact that he was like secluded on both of them was just confusing. Like, what, did he just happen to have the suit, the suit and they're like, Hey, you want to shoot this movie too? Okay. <laughs> you know, like I'm up, I'm pretending I'm in space. Let me just make another space movie. While I'm at it. Or maybe he just was like, oh, I happen to be in the studio. I walk by. They're like, hey, he looks good in that suit. <laughs> Let's pull him over to this movie. I don't know. But I just thought it was interesting that uh, that he was in both. Actually, he and Jessica Chastain were, were in both movies. And I thought that was even more interesting. But uh, no, I, I definitely enjoyed this movie. Um, and one thing that I, I... When I first heard of the movie Castaway, I was like, okay, it's about a guy stuck alone. How interesting is that going to be? And it was great. And then this movie is another situation like that. Oh, however, he actually has technology, which is cool. So he has technology. However, he's like you said, millions of miles away from home. So it's like, all right, well, I, I like that, you know, we have this element where it's like, even though he's, you know, he's got technology, he's that far away. So that technology doesn't really help him much until he starts, you know, finding ways to communicate. Um, and yeah, whatever. We can get into that whole thing. But I, I really did enjoy this movie. I was confused as to why you chose it. It seems a little bit different than what we usually go with. As you said, it's a feel-good movie and it kind of leaves it there. But then again, so was Walter Mitty. So, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, Walter Mitty was, a, was its own thing. And we talked about that for over three hours. I don't know how we talked about that movie so long, but we did. Um, so, yeah. All in all, I definitely enjoyed this movie, and yeah, um, watching it again was was a pleasure. All right, so with that being said, let's just get into it. Um, the first thing we see is this amazing, like this beautiful aerial shot of what is Mars. Now, I know this is CG, but I think this is one of those instances where uh, Ridley Scott is using CG to his to his benefit. He's not overdoing it. I mean... There are parts in this movie where it's very obviously, you know, CGI, but here it's used throughout the whole movie. It's used sparingly. And I think it was a really wise decision. It, oh, yeah. This shot looks amazing. How the camera just pans over almost the entire planet. And then we slowly zoom down and yeah. And we find out that they, uh, there are Mars for 18 souls and it's, I, we find out, I did a little bit of research to find out what a soul was because I was confused. I thought it was longer than an Earth day, and it's only 40 minutes longer than an Earth day. Which, yeah, just under. Yeah. Gi- yeah, given how far away it is, that kind of surprised me a little bit. I thought it was longer. I always, for some reason, I thought it was two days longer, but it's only 39 yeah. minutes longer. Well, it's um, further from us, but isn't um, <clears throat> Mars is the closest planet to the sun, so it would make sense that their days would be slightly longer because they'd have more wait, sunlight. What? Did you just say Mars is closer to the sun? Yes. Mars is not closer to the sun. Uh, Mars is the first planet from the sun. We're the third planet. Mercury, Venus, oh. Earth, 
Mars. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got Mercury and Mars mixed up. I'm thinking about, I, okay, I think good. of the letters in my head. Okay. My mistake. <laughs> um, dumb. Another thing that I really liked in the beginning, I love how when all of the characters start talking, the ones who are on the ground are talking like they're almost out of breath the entire time. That's a like that that this is how smart this movie is. It's a real subtle detail that they don't have to talk about. They don't have to spend any time explaining it. There's no exposition like Interstellar. It's just it's <laughs> there, and you understand that they're 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 breathing out of an oxygen tube or a tank that they have on them, and they're in high elevation or whatever you want to call it. I'm not a scientist. I don't know this kind of terminology, but they're all speaking like they're running out of breath. And they have to use it sparingly, and it's and and it's 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 it makes sense because then you immediately jump to a couple of people who are on the ship and they're absolutely fine. Yeah. Again, it was I I love that I love the way that this movie opens. Um, we find out that there's this storm coming and nobody really expected to be that bad and they have to abort mission and then all chaos breaks loose and this amazing space storm on Mars just abruptly ends their mission and they have to go. And that's when uh, Mark gets kind of left behind. They think he's dead well, and they so, just end up leaving. Yeah. I mean, I think the big thing right there is you've got this guy um, who's just basically saying, let's wait it out. We all should just wait it out. And then mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, no, 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 we're going to do this. We're going to launch. And it's like, you shouldn't because blah, 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 whatever. And then, that's when we see Mark go ahead and just get smacked off. And it was, it was almost uh, reminiscent of, um, I always think to that, that scene. Do you remember, uh, uh, the day after tomorrow where the news reporters talking and a billboard just comes and takes him out in the middle mm-hmm. of a windstorm. Yeah. Like that's what this reminded yeah. me of. It was just like, he's just like, they're all walking and then boom, like, wait, where did Mark go? Like he's gone. Oh yeah, he well, gone. Yeah, they <laughs> they get separated, and it's you know it's it's the captain's responsibility to say we're leaving, and she's reluctant at first, but then I think I remember somebody telling her, well, he's dead, so we have to do what we have to do, and right. they end up leaving, and we don't know he's alive until we go to Jeff Daniels, who's basically in charge of NASA or whatever uh, government organization he's working for. It explains to the public that there was a storm, there was an accident, one of the team members is dead, and they aborted mission and they're on their way home. And then we get to the first, like, of many elongated scenes of him on this planet by himself and him just working through everything. Yeah. He wakes up, there is some metal rod sticking out of the side of him. And like yeah, a it's, it's, a, it's an get... antenna, and the fact that it's a, it's like attached to a cable. So I always look at that, like I looked at that scene, and I'm like, okay, so he's got something sticking out of him. But even worse, it's attached to something else. So he can't just like walk away from it. He has to do right. something right then and there. And that's what really freaked me out about it, just thinking about it. Like I, I, I'm not a big fan of being stabbed, you know, whatever. So <laughs> <laughs> sue me. But when I see something like that, it's like, what's worse than being stabbed? Being stabbed by something that's attached to something else and you can't just walk away from and get taken care of. So that freaked and me out. Y- you add the addition that he's in space. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Even worse. Um, but I, I love the, I love the way that they explained it all. So basically, he gets stabbed by that. He breaks off what he, or he takes out the, the cutters or whatever, cuts the cable, and he's like, okay, let me go take care of this. And then, you know, he goes off, gets inside his little safety, you know, base there, and mm-hmm. he's all alone. He gives, he does, he does like he, he, he sit there and. <laughs> And just like pulls it out, like like, he's, like, like he yanking was, a bandaid off with no hesitation at all, just yanks it out. Well, there was hesitation. He had to, he had to do it, but the, you can tell that he was clearly oh, he trained to, to handle. He had to psych yeah. himself up to do it. <clears throat> he was but trained I'm, to do to do this, you know, which was great right. because you see, as he's and doing it, he's alone. He he does his own surgery. He performs oh his God. own surgery. Hang gets on, everything out. Even no, before you even get to him doing the <laughs> surgery. He he pulls the, the piece that's stuck inside of him out, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry, watching him just grab this instrument and pry his stomach open a little bit so he can then reach in with a pair of medical pliers and then oh, pull yeah. something out was grotesque. Oh, but yeah. It, it, it was rough to look at. But then, like, as he's sitting there in searing pain, like, his hands are shaking He's still wise enough to understand that I have to check and make sure I got everything because he puts the two pieces together. Yeah, to make there's sure there's nothing missing. a piece that he has missing. in his hand and the piece that he pulled out of him and he's putting them together. Like, did I get it all? Okay, I got it all. And then he sews himself up or staples himself up, whatever he does. And yeah. it is, it's rough. It's a rough thing to look at. I, when I first watched this and I first saw the scene, I was quincing through the whole thing. Oh, Yeah. I, I couldn't make it through it without closing my eyes a couple of times. It was yeah, a hard I was I was very impressed with it. And the first thing I said was, wow, not bad for a kid from Boston. <laughs> you know, just yeah. as as an actor, like, wow, you know, I'm 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 really impressed to see uh, the evolution of Mark. D- <laughs> Sorry, Matt Damon. <clears throat> I was yeah. going to cough there. But Matt Damon as an actor, um, mm-hmm. it's just it blows me away. I mean. We go back to Goodwill Hunting, and, and even that was phenomenal when he was much younger. Oh my god, yeah! And yeah. and you see that everything else he's done. I mean, he's done some other movies where you're kind of like, hey, okay. <laughs> but there's, there's stuff like this where you go, wow! Like he actually has a lot of talent. I don't understand he why he can't do a Boston accent anymore. But <laughs> in other movies, you know, Departed. Well, I mean, but you know, exactly. I was just about to say the Departed. I mean. Yeah. It's really sad that Leonardo DiCaprio has a better Boston accent than he does in that movie. <laughs> I know it doesn't make any sense. It it's, makes absolutely no sense. It's yeah. well, ridiculous. I, you know, you know what? Okay, it doesn't. But then again, it does. When you spend most of your time saying, "I'm not going to speak like that," "I'm not going to speak like that," you just forget how to speak like that. And and then when you go do a movie, people just assume you could do it. And he didn't bother like getting himself ready for it. He goes, I'll just do the accent. And it sounds ridiculous as opposed to somebody like Leonardo DiCaprio, who's not from Boston, who actually studied and studied and studied to get the accent down. And he made an effort to do it, whereas Matt Damon probably didn't bother because he thought he could just do it and wing it. So that's I guess that's my opinion on it. But then you got Mark Wahlberg, who just never changed the way he spoke. So when you see him in there, he's like, hey, hey, how's your mother? Why don't you say hi to your mother for me, all right? Hey, what's up, chicken? Good to see you. Hey, most people want to eat you, but I just want to talk to you, okay? All right? Okay? And then Sorry. we have Ben Affleck, who sounds like he's from nowhere. <laughs> ben Affleck. Why did you say that name? 
<laughs> Who's Martha? <laughs> it all comes back to Martha. Oh no. It Martha. all comes back to Martha. Not Martha. Anyways, anyway, okay. So <laughs> he performs he performs his surgery and he tries to I forget what he does first. I think he tries to like find a way to get in touch with like home or like the ship, but he realized that the antenna is like missing now, so there's really no way to do that. And then he does mm. some quick math. It's going to be four years before there's another man mission oh, to yeah. back to Mars. And the place where he's in, the housing unit he's in on Mars is only designed to last for about 31 days. So there's a whole lot of problems. But oh, yeah. he he has a moment and he's looking out the window and he's eating some food and he just goes, I'm not going to die here. And we're, we're off. Then the movie begins and he just starts brainstorming his way through this problem. Again, yeah. any anybody else in that situation, I would imagine, would be freaking out at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what can I do? What am I going to do? I mean, and he says later on in the film, luckily for him, he's a botanist, so he's able to survive yeah. for a lot longer. But I mean, just like, I, this is the kind <laughs> of person that when he comes home, we make him our leader. Like, <laughs> Oh, right. Well, it, what's, funny, <laughs> what's funny about this is you think about it. In what movie would the botanist <laughs> be the one <laughs> that, that one the movie is based off of? You know, and what kind of movie like this? I mean, I mean, maybe there's some romantic movie about a botanist. I don't know. But my point maybe. is, like, in what movie like this would the botanist be the main character that survives this type of situation? None. None. But None. it makes total sense if you're thinking, like, he's trying to find a way to sustain life on a planet that is, like, you know, not able Dead. to sustain life. So it, it's, a, I mean, he does Dead it. planet. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is he does it in the only way that makes the most sense. And if you think about it, it's like, well, this is soil. Soil is soil. Okay, I've got that, which is basically this, but I'm going to use fertilizer and do that. It's like, well, then, duh, that makes sense. He went, he he basically created, you know, Earth on Mars. He created an Earth on Mars with everything. Which, which brings me to a very important yeah. question. <clears throat> so he decides that he's going to start growing food. Mm-hmm. And he goes to where all of the waste is. <laughs> I really yeah. want to know why it's so important that they have to know whose poop is whose. Maybe they want to know. They're all labeled. They all have the, the they're all labeled by name. And I'm just like, why? Like, you're, you're leaving. It's not <laughs> like you're bringing the poop back to Earth with you. Why do you have to know whose is whose? What What's going on? Well, apparently they are bringing it back to Earth with them because why did they have it? Why wouldn't it just go out the window? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway what it comes down to is maybe if somebody was sick they could say oh what's wrong with them maybe we can study their poop and see if they had some kind of bacterial organism that's living in them causing an issue that's my only thought is you know some kind of fecal testing i don't know to to see if they if they need to know something because that that's the whole thing about space exploration is you don't know if somebody comes back with some kind of disease or infection they have to do all the studies they can well here's the poop that was there and then here's the poop after i don't know that's right. my only that's no, my that's, only my only thought that's I don't know. where my 
that's where my head went to. But then I decided that I was much happier just leaving that out there. Like, why do they have to know whose poop is whose? And I was very happy not knowing the answer to that. Like, I don't want there to be an answer there. I just want it to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care. I'm just, I don't know. I'm weird like that. Leave me alone. Um, yeah. He he makes water. Before he before he makes water, he sciences his way to make water on Mars, and he blows oh. himself up. Oh, and it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool the way that he does it. I wish I took better notes so I could like articulate the way that he did it, because the way that he explains it in the film is just brilliant, and oh, I know yeah. that's smart, so I can't. But what's important is that he makes water on Mars by creating fire, which I guess you're not supposed to be able to do in space, by carving little pieces of wood off of a wooden cross necklace <laughs> and burns it. And there is his fuel, well, and uses fuel from wherever and starts a fire and blows what, himself was, up. Was it hydrogen or something? I don't know what he was using. But the funny thing is he sets it up and the first time he does it, he gets things ready and and it blows up, <laughs> Right. So it's, the first time hilarious. he does it, the first time he does it, it blows up and he immediately goes right to sit down and go in front of the camera. He's still smoking. <laughs> he is still smoking. So it's not like he's, he did it. He was like freaking out and then whatever. He immediately went to the camera and just and basically just says, I did this because I'm stupid. <laughs> like, he goes through the whole explanation of what happened and he's like, yeah. And why did that happen? Well, because I'm stupid. And I love that Pretty because much. it's it's. I mean, it was very down to earth, very real. Everything he said, everything he did, every reaction he did in this film was so real. You know, it's yeah, almost it like you're it's almost like you're watching a found footage type thing because of the way they did it. Um, I just it was just it was cool. And it, it brings me to another point. I mean, I don't know, touch upon there with the way they did things. I love the use of um, cameras. Mm-hmm. Not not just like he's doing things and we walk around like he's using the camera to talk to the log. Um, they have dash cams and like all the things that he's going through. So they, they <coughs> use that a lot. So it's like so it is kind of found footage like because it's mm-hmm. you know you got dash cams, you've got, you know, recording log cam. All these different things are like that, you know, um, security cams of him walking around the place. I, I thought that was really good because it really gives you that sense of like this is being documented. This is being recorded. And, you know, you're not just like some weird, you know, I, you know, in the universe, whatever, watching it, which is what like every movie always is. You know, you're this you're this non-participating member of this world you're watching. But here, you know, you're like watching a log. And I thought that was great. Right. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I, it's it's really cool. He gets it. He makes the, the fertilizer and everything, um, you know, makes the plant food. It, that was really great. He uses the poop, <laughs> you know, yeah. gets it together, <coughs> and and then he makes he starts making food. He he takes potatoes, cuts them up, puts Starts them in there, and potatoes. next next thing you know, thing. you know, he's a potato farmer. Okay, he's a potato <laughs> farmer on Mars. Yep, and it makes <laughs> sense. Like I don't like normally the way like something like this would play out is. It would be, I'm going to grow potatoes or I'm going to grow food. And then there would be some kind of ridiculous montage of him doing a whole bunch of stuff that you really don't see. And maybe mm. they skip a couple of steps just to get around it because it's a movie. And then right. all of a sudden he's eating potatoes. Yeah, this but they did not do that. 
This went through everything step by step of the way he was going to do it all the way up until the first plant sprouted. And right. it was just brilliant. Oh, yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. I loved every minute of it. Um, And then there's food. And it's great. So now he has food and now he's going to survive. So problem over, right? No. <laughs> um, Back on Earth, Mark has a whole funeral thing. The whole planet thinks he's dead. They're all in mourning. And then you get to an office type setting meeting where all they're doing here and this is disgusting to me all they're doing here is talking about how they can spin his death in order to get more funding to go back mm. it's gross it is i i get it like from a business level i from a business level i understand what they're doing but it's still disgusting i mean and then they were talking about, oh, we can't point the satellites at the planet and then show the entire world his body. And then the answer to that is, well, we'll just wait a couple of years before we do that because he'll be covered up by sand by then and we won't have to broadcast his body across the world. Yeah, great. <laughs> you know, they're not thinking about anything else. They're not thinking about this mission was a complete failure and now there's a guy up there dead. They're thinking about, let's spin this around so we can just get more money. And... I, I think it's disgusting. I just yep. that's just me. It's yep. it's bureaucracy bullcrap and it's gross on a hundred different levels. But not too long after that, um, there's a woman who notices that one of the cars or RVs, I think they call them RVs, on the Mars rovers, yeah. has moved. It yeah. moved. A Humvee? Isn't a Humvee and an RV? It's like, a, it? it's like a rover. I don't know what it was they were a saying. A rover. Something. Whatever. But <clears throat> she notices that it moved, and now we find out that he's alive. Right. Like, this is... Mm, I don't like the way that this happened. It, it, it feels too rushed. Like, first we go from, he's dead, funeral, we need more money. Oh, wait, no, never mind, he's alive. Like, it's a really quick turnaround. It's almost like the last five minutes of them going through what they're going to do and how they're going to solve this problem. It's almost like, okay, all that's irrelevant now. We just watched five or seven minutes of this movie, and now all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, it doesn't even matter anymore. Right. It's something that I have a problem with in a lot of... And I know all movies do that. Like, they have to for time constraints, but I just wish that there was a more clever way to get around obstacles like that or just wait a little while a couple of scenes later and then do something like that. You don't, it doesn't have to be immediate right then and there. Right. Okay. No, I know. I agree. Um, one thing <laughs> I, I like, I don't mind it. I mean, yeah, it was pretty quick as far as us watching earth, but as far as the movie goes, I'm like, it's not bad that they get it at that point. Um, because obviously somebody would notice something at some point, whether it was there or five minutes later, whatever. Somebody has to recognize it. And the, the funny thing was I was really confused. I'm just like, like, oh, we haven't told the crew yet. I'm like, why haven't they told the crew? Oh, the crew's not home. Duh. So when I was first watching it, I was really confused. I'm like, doesn't the crew watch the news? Oh, no, they don't because they're in space. Got it. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> so, in, on a big spaceship going home. <laughs> right. So I keep forgetting it's like, what, an eight-month eight flight or something I honestly and I, I honestly don't understand I mean they they bring up the thing of they don't tell the crew because they have to focus on their mission right I don't understand that logic 
explain to me mm-hmm. what exactly they have to focus on. I mean, it's not like so it's not like the pilot. It's not like the pilot of the ship is constantly behind the wheel for eight months, you know, driving on a course. No, I mean, it's I'm, I'm assuming that the, the ship is on somewhat of an autopilot heading in the correct direction. And all they basically have to do is, you know, maintain the ship and make sure everything is working. And yeah, but areas the, con- and, the concern, the concern is if they find out that he's alive and they try to turn <clears throat> and they try to turn back around to save him, they're going to use up all their resources and they're not going to get home and they'll be stuck there too. That's the whole point. That's why they had to come up with that plan <clears throat> to basically I slingshot didn't... around and pick him up as he's flying by. I mean, that's, that's the whole point. So, that's why they didn't want to tell them that because they would try to do something that they couldn't do without paying attention. So I, I get it. It makes it makes total sense. But so you so you think that if they immediately told them that he was alive, they would immediately turn around and try to go back and get him. They would try to find out some solution without communicating with, you know, mission control or whatever. And and obviously, Jeff Daniels doesn't want that. He wants them to right. just do what they have to do and get back. You know, to save face with everything else, I get it. Um, mm. so I guess I I guess I get yeah. it, but it's still like, wouldn't you want to know? Oh, of course, but that's like if you I mean, if as you said, you position, hate you hate the you whole bureaucratic know? thing, and it's that's well, that's what it comes up to. Is he's just like, well, whatever, I gotta I gotta cover my butt, so let's just not tell anybody. All yeah. right, well, that's what it is, and that's how it is. And I guess whatever. I guess so. Um, so. There's, a, there's another uh, conference, uh, news conference, mm. telling the world that Mark is alive and he's alone on this planet and they're doing everything that they can to get in contact with him and mm-hmm. basically a whole bunch of I don't know answers just to appease everybody, which works, kind of. Um, we're yep. back on Mars. A lot more time has passed. Yep. And uh, he refuses to turn the beat around. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so every time I hear this song, all I think is all I think of is something 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 dark side. Oh, um turn, turn the, the ship, ship around. around. Uh is that when Leia Luke's, knows where Luke yeah, is. Lucas, yeah. yeah, yeah sh- that's I'm like that's when Luke's hanging underneath Bespin. <laughs> yeah. Turn it upside down. Take us back to Bespin. That's yeah. all I thought. I'm not gonna sing it. I'm not going to sing it, but that's all I thought as soon as I, and it's ridiculous. And he's, he's going on and on about how you can't have any other music, but disco I'm alone on this planet. And all I have is disco music that right there would, that would be enough for me. I (laughs) would probably call it quits after that. I'm done. I can't live alone with nothing but disco, but then he starts getting into it. He's driving the thing. He starts dancing, and he's just having a good time. And again, I have to go back to it. This is a person who was alone on a planet, and he's been there now for what I'm. What did I write down? I wrote down on um, by this time it's Soul Seventy. Soul Seventy. So yeah. three months. Three yeah. months. He's been on this planet, and the majority of it, he's been by himself. Anybody, I challenge anybody to go two weeks, just isolated, and yeah. you. You might start slipping a little bit. Yeah. Oh, of course. He, he's keeping it together. And I think that's, I I just think that's commendable that this movie was able to write a character and put him in a situation where he was by himself and he doesn't lose his mind. 
I don't know yeah, why. That's I mean, so okay, I don't think he lost is. his mind, but there were a couple of times where he's just like, eh, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there, I guess. It's one of my favorite parts yeah, of the we'll, movie. But <laughs> we'll get there. Um, uh, there, no, are, so, there are definitely uh, some parts where he's like, eh, but <laughs> it still it still fits his character. I know perfectly. what part you're talking about. It's not out of character for him. Not at all. I no, I th- I think the way this the way this has gone is. It goes back to me saying this is very down to earth, very realistic because it's like in any situation. I mean, in most cases, people would kind of lose it. But this guy, he's a he's a very smart guy. He knows yeah. what he's talking about. He knows he knows his science. He knows his botany and he knows his, you know, astro science, you know. So like all these different things, it's like he's he's really on the ball. And, you know, so but yet he has he keeps it together. Oh, just yeah, uh, he figures out he figures out that he has to get to a certain spot in order to meet the team when they're going to be there uh, yeah. four years later. Or <laughs> he's going somewhere else. I don't know which one comes first, but he he decides that he's going to start making his way there, and yeah. he spends a lot of time figuring out how he's going to get a lot more juice out of his rover or his Land Rover or whatever it is, and he's doing it. The problem is, is that he. Uh, after a while, he has to turn the engine off, especially at night, and he's freezing. Right. So he comes up with the brilliant idea to dig <laughs> up a thermal generator. Yes, a radio, radio also type thermal electric generator, basically plutonium. Oh, basically, basically plutonium. <laughs> basically plutonium. So he puts it in there. He gets everything set up, and I, I love it. He's just like, well, basically. Uh, so I'm 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 much warmer, but I mean, the other thing is I'm warm because I have a decaying radioactive isotope. <laughs> it's like, is it is it wrong of me to think that he's going to have cancer in ten years? Oh, not at all. But uh, the, I, the best I, part the best part is when he's talking about it, and he says, oh, the good news is I found the, the most least disco song that Commander Lewis had, and it's hot stuff. <laughs> Which is not, not it, that is a disco song. Like, there's, there's nothing that around is disco, it. That is, but, that is disco truth and pride. That is insane. <laughs> oh, my God. No, but when he's... And he's talking, he's talking his way through it. And he's like, the first thing they tell us is do not dig up the thermal generator. (laughs) And what am I doing? I'm digging up the thermal generator. And he just wraps it in tinfoil. And it's just, he's, am I wrong? Or does he actually like put the seatbelts around it in the back so it doesn't move around? No, 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 he totally did. Because what else? I mean, that's what you got to work with. This is just crazy. This is crazy. But well, I, I guess mean, it's that or death, right? Keep warm, yeah, I guess so. It's that or death. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like one good bump, like he <laughs> takes he takes one good bump on a rock or or tumbles or anything. That's it. Game over. I mean, well, you don't know what kind. Of, we don't know what kind of casing it has. You know, it, what kind of has it has for protection. The thing is, well, you know, don't throw it into. You know, don't throw rocks at it. I don't know, <laughs> but. Anyway, we get we get through that, and then so we have this. We 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 see this. We have another NASA conversation, and you know Jeff Daniels is is being Jeff Daniels. And then I go, wait, why is Sean Bean here again? Yeah, that, I don't. I don't trust Sean Bean. He's a mole. He did it. <laughs> he did it. He did the whole thing. The reason why he he threw that debris at Mark, and that's why he's up there. This whole thing is Sean Bean's fault. And he doesn't yeah. want to tell anybody. No, actually, I mean, in, in the end, you find out Sean Bean's just a good guy. And I'm like, why yeah, was he even in this movie? Why was he even no, there? <laughs> you're right. You're right to a certain point. I mean, we do get to a point where he does 
kind of go against his orders. He does what he's not supposed to be doing. So he is still kind of playing that character a little bit. He's a good guy. (laughs) Hang on. He's a good guy this time, though. But he is kind of playing that character where it's like, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And you should know this because he just has that face. He has that classic cartoonish shifty. I don't trust me (laughs) face. That's just that's just that's just who one does not simply trust Sean Bean in a movie. No, I'm pretty sure you you're going to hear me say this, this in every movie that he pops up in. One does not simply trust Sean Bean. <laughs> just, just, um, just, just, say, just say one does not simply and leave it at that. Yep. And then the greatest is, thing is as we see him there, then I realize one other thing. Wait, is that Wong? <laughs> it's mm. Wong. Wong is there. Do you know who Wong is? I don't, but I'm Come sure you're going to tell me. Yes, Wong. Um, Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's in this movie. He's he's the guy, the guy with the the stuff. Yeah, the guy with the the stuff. You know that guy? He lives down the street. Uh, Doctor Vinny Boom. No, I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't. (laughs) Yeah, Vic Azidi and uh, Ricky Chicken. You know, they got uh, they got the that stuff over there. But he's the guy. No, you're thinking about a different guy. No, no, no. You you are not the guy. I had a guy, but now I don't. (laughs) You are not the guy. Oh my god! <laughs> we'll talk about that soon. <laughs> oh my! Anyways, anyway, um, so yeah, I thought it was funny he, that Wong was in there. So we're so far, so far we have seen two Marvel characters in this movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We got Wong, and we've got Winter Soldier. Oh, sorry, sorry, three, sorry, because we've got Luis from Ant Man. Yeah. So yeah, we got we, we have, have th- three. Anyway, <laughs> so anyway, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep going. Um, Mark. Oh, sorry, four, the- four. Jessica Chastain. She was in Dark Phoenix. That's technically a Marvel movie, just not that the is MCU. Not a Marvel movie. No, it it's just not it's Stop. just not the MCU. Stop. Stop. I'm it. Sorry. Stop it. No, but it's not. It's true. That is not a Marvel movie. <laughs> those are not Marvel. Those are those are. Those are bastardized versions of Marvel movies. Do not. Yeah, that's, that's Marvel owned by Fox. That's like if the Beatles were produced by Nickelback. Like it's a movie, but it's not that great. <laughs> those are just those are just horrible movies. Oh my god! It's funny you say that because you were singing Brian Singer's praises years ago. But anyway, let's move I will, on. I will continue. I will continue to sing Brian Singer's praises. But recently. No, no, <laughs> we'll get into this a different time, but no. Uh, yeah. Anyways, he four Mark comes up. Mm. Mark comes up with the great idea that he's going to go and he's going to find this. Other rover yep. uh, satellite, whatever it is mm-hmm. uh, called Pathfinder. He maps it yeah. out and he goes there and it's doing this cut back and forth between what I'm guessing is mission control watching him make his way to a location and I didn't write down how long it took but it's something they say something like ridiculous like he's been on the same path for three weeks mm-hmm. he's been just out there going in one direction for three weeks which yep. Char- charging when he has to and then keep charging on going when he has and, to yep. you know going keep and he keeps on going and dude figures out where he's going and we get the team together and it's just one big happy coincidence that 
not that they figure out where Mark is going, but that they get to this location. I, I think they're in Florida where they make it to uh, the facility that built this machine that Mark is going after. And it's just a coincidence that they're able to get everybody who worked on the team back in like 95 or 96 or whatever year it was. Yep. I think that's really, that's, you mean to tell me that you were able to find everybody? Yeah. Like I, if I tried to find everybody that I knew back in 95 or 96, good luck. There are some people that I'm not finding. And I think that's across the board. This Even if I went back 10 years ago and I tried to find people. Huh? This is NASA. I don't care if it's NASA. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if it's NASA. No, mm-hmm. I know this is small and it doesn't make any and it doesn't make any sense why I have a problem with this, but I do. It's just any time in a book, a movie, a television show where they have to go find people, they just magically find them. It's never, oh, this person's off the grid or <laughs> this person's just dead or this person is just gone. They, it's always just magically, hey, everybody's here now, and now we have all of this information. There's never a monkey wrench thrown into this plant at all. I never see that, and I want to. That's yeah, why I have a problem movies. with this. You know what? Fine. Make yeah. fun of me. Whatever. Make fun of me. <laughs> um, your your ears stick out too much, and you have a funny nose. I don't know. What? Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. So we've got... He gets... <laughs> So they get everything set up. They're trying to figure out this rover thing. Like, okay, what what can we do with this Pathfinder? You know, and the cool thing about it is it actually has this, like, old school, very, like, basic still camera. Okay. Mm. All right, still camera. We can work with that. So he puts down a sign, basically, are you receiving me? You know, can you get this? And he waits and he waits and suddenly the thing turns on and he put up a yes and a no sign and they selected yes. And he's just like, yes, like I can finally yeah. communicate in some way there. So then he goes back and he's like, well, how can we communicate? I love this scene. I love that. Hang oh. on one second. I love I love that shot when he goes, yes, because he's looking. He has his hands up. And he's looking around like he's looking for somebody to give him an applause or <laughs> yeah, but like he's a boxer there. who just like he's a boxer <laughs> who just want to fight. But yeah. it's like he never realizes that he's alone. He just keeps doing it. It's it's hysterical. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Um. They come up. Well, he comes up with hexadecimals. Yeah. I know nothing about hexadecimals. I have mm-hmm. no idea how they work. All I know is it's less movement for the camera. Yeah. Or <clears throat> more, uh, they don't want to be so they don't want to be narrow enough that they have to point out the whole twenty six letters in the alphabet, so they go. You know, you know what? It makes me simpler. think. It makes me think of like the swipe keyboard on um on a phone, where it's like mm-hmm. it's it's. I mean, this is my understanding of it is it it takes like a basic algor- algorithm and says, okay, chances are if you're doing letters that are in this range, it's probably this word. So that's what I kind of got from that hexadecimal. It's like, well, there are 20, you know, there are over 20 letters in the alphabet. So obviously if you're going to sit there and waste your time doing 20 different letters, like that's a lot. That's a lot of time. So I like that they did it this way. It's something that I've never looked into. But again, I think it's it's kind of on that same idea of like, well, if it's here, there and whatever, like these are the amount of letters we're going to work with. So, you know, they can 
figure out how to decipher a message. So through that, you know, they have some basic conversations. They go back, he waits, they wait, and then they go back and forth. It's great. I love, again, it goes back down to science, you know, as uh, mm-hmm. Jesse Pinkman loves, you know. Yeah, yeah, science. Yeah, Mr. White. Um, it's just, it's amazing magnets. how it comes together here. Yeah, magnets. Oh, oh, I I, I love how that comes back up in El Camino. Anyway, um, (laughs) oh, so so simple, but so funny. It was almost as if the guy was a fan of the show, you know, not just the situation. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Pretty much. Um, Um, So, yeah, so we get through there. So then like, okay, so they basically, through that, teach him how to hack into the rover so they can actually have just regular texting conversations back and forth. Yeah. And I was like, oh, really wow, cool. that's so great. You know, how awesome is that? And that's when, you know, he goes through it, he figures it out, and then he he talks about the crew and, you know, finds he, he out finds that they that, have yeah, no idea. He finds out that they, they don't, don't they have no idea he's alive. And he kind of loses it. We don't oh, see yeah. him lose it, which I think is, it's it's even funnier because he starts to say it, but it cuts away from him. And then you have the guy come on. The world is watching. Please watch your language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah? And then he just <laughs> goes into it. I'm, I'm really curious to know what he said to make everybody kind of quince and cringe a little bit. Like, I want to know what he wrote that, that everybody saw. But I'm not going to get that. Because no, I, I don't think it's necessary. I love the way they did it because it was it did not need to be in there. But it was it was very like, what's your first reaction when you realize that you just spent all that time trying to reach out to people and then nobody even knows that you're there waiting for them? I mean, the, the I world knows, but not the people who probably could help him. Yeah. I so I, I love upset. it. I love it. I think it's perfect. I would not change a thing about the way it was done. Okay. So, okay. That's my opinion. I I would I would show him <laughs> freaking out because. I while I praise this movie for him not losing his sanity and him keeping his cool, I would have liked to seen a little bit of a slip, like just just a little bit. Show me that you're aggravated and frustrated with everything that's going on in the situation that you're in. Mm. He's at, at certain times throughout this movie, he's too happy. Like he, he's like I get it. He's able to find the best of any situation that he's in, and that's part mm. of the appeal of his character, and I love it. But at the same time, I would have liked to seen just a little something. Give me a little something. And if you have the opportunity to tell the entire planet exactly what you think of the people that you're working for <laughs> and how you feel about the situation that you're in, now is the time. And yeah. I think, I just think that it would have been cool to see exactly what he said. Yeah. Even if it is a whole bunch of, you effed up, and I can't believe this, and this is ridiculous, and you're irresponsible, and, you, and he just starts name-dropping everybody, and it's a giant pipe bomb. That I think that would have been really cool to see, and I, I think, think it that would have little... that would have gone beyond the PG thirteen rating. So I think. <clears throat> okay. Okay. So, and you know how I feel about ratings. <laughs> no, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it was great the way it was done. I, I I always thought that was a fantastic thing. I mean, they did it even in the Spider Man movies. Like consistently, they did it. The, the, the last two Spider-Man movies where they basically were about to say something and then they cut, you know, you know what they said, but they didn't have to say it. You know, you know what, you know how they felt, but they didn't have to actually say the words. 
You know, <clears throat> I think it's a very creative way to do it where you can understand this person is very upset. This person has lost it, you know, like their, their temper and they're going off, but it's not necessary to have to go through it to see it, you know, word for word, because we get it. We know. So that's my opinion. Um, so okay. we, we well, get over we'll there after this happens, everything, the world's watching, we get that. And then, you know, we kind of cut back to the crew. It's like we haven't seen them this like whole time. And finally, it's like, we haven't okay. seen them. We haven't seen them since the storm. This is the first <clears> time that we're getting to see them. And right. I love the tone of the ship. Like you get there and you're just looking at everybody's faces and it's very somber. Oh, yeah. Like nobody is happy. Nobody nope. is even remotely pleased to be alive or on their way back home or any of that. They're all just stone faced and they're still in disbelief over what had happened. What a few months ago at this point. So it's it's just wow. Wow. And that is really cool because you're adding to the fact that they had traveled to Mars together, what, eight, nine months, spent half a month, a month together on this planet, and then they were separated by this, you know, freak weather thing that ended up being a tragedy. Of course, they're going to feel some type of way all the way home. That's all they're going to be thinking about. And I thought that that was really cool that they didn't just, it wasn't just a throwaway. It meant something when we saw them. And yeah. it was it was awesome. I don't I, think it's just I that, though. I mean, imagine imagine just sitting there on a ship waiting to go home, taking all, like, that many months to get home. You'd be pretty bored. <laughs> you wouldn't be sitting there like, yay, life is great. <laughs> You'd be like, all right, I'd love to be home right now. I don't know if I would now. be bored. I don't know <laughs> if I would be bored. You're, you're, you're in the middle of space. I don't understand what they're They've been be in the middle of about. space for a very long time already. Hey, I could spend a lifetime in the middle of space, and I don't think I would get bored. Dude, if the ship if the ship comes down and looks at me and says, "Will, come on, let's go," I'm gonna show. I'm leaving. <laughs> that's that's just it. Well, I'm yeah, going. but I mean, like I told you, I I took I took some time off. Like my first real vacation from like everything, um, mm-hmm. a few months back, and I was alone for over three days. It was great the first day. Second day was like, okay, awesome. But that night I was kind of like, all right, this is just like, this is very different for me. You know, I'm not talking to anybody. No one's around me. Yes, I got plenty of time to do some basic stuff, do catch up on some reading, write some music or whatever. But it was like, this is only one, you know, couple days. I can't imagine how people feel after like, what, what are we looking at? Like nine months, 10 months of this, almost a year of just being floating around in space and not being able to do whatever you want because you have to like stick into your little bubble. Yeah, I'm pretty sure people are not still excited about it anymore. You can only float around in circles and, you know, spit up in the air to see what happens so many times. <laughs> you know, if you go to a room that doesn't have a centrifuge thing going on. But whatever, that's that's my opinion on it. Yeah, they're obviously mm. upset about the whole situation, but it's like even if they had a distraction, how much more excited are they going to be? It's like, yeah, we're still in space. <laughs> this is going to take forever. <laughs> you know, they don't have cryo sleep in this universe <laughs> like every other movie where people go to and Mars. And I'm really glad that they didn't. I'm really glad that they didn't because it's oh, yeah. such a stupid thing. 
it's oh, yeah. so stupid that the idea of cryo sleep is so stupid and it's yeah. been at this point in sci-fi it's been so overdone oh yeah i would be happy never to see it again yep like it's i don't know yeah. um there's uh nasa reaches out to them there's a big data dump it's emails and, and and letters from friends and video files and audio files and it's this one video file from <clears throat> uh sean bean and oh boy <laughs> he explains to him that mark he explains to them that mark is alive and it's odd and <clears throat> this is why i didn't get the, the the point of waiting to tell them because at this point or even at the point where they could have known they really don't have the option just to turn around i i'm imagining that the the reasoning behind it is if they wasted the fuel to turn around they wouldn't be able to get back home exactly and so what is the point in not telling them from the beginning that's my thing like even in the beginning it's we turn around and we all die with him or we go home. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't get why they, I still don't understand why they hold that information from them. It doesn't make any sense. It, especially since, well, I guess, no, no, I'm not going to guess. It doesn't mm. make any sense. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't get it. why it doesn't make sense. Okay. You don't get why, what doesn't make sense. I don't get why it doesn't make sense to you. Okay, so why bother throwing that on them? They have a mission. They have to get home. If they find out that he's might be alive over there, they'll try to turn around and then, you know, go against orders and potentially uh, potentially screw up everything for the whole crew. Because the way that it's put to them here and later on in the film, if they did that, they would waste a whole lot of fuel to turn around. So Mm -hmm. the options, even after they take off and they're on their way back home. No matter where they are, their options are we turn around and all die with him or we go home. Mm -hmm. That's why it doesn't make sense. Why not tell them? They're not going to be that irresponsible to turn around and die on that planet. Unless they think they they have their own way to do it, it's not going to cause a problem. Put it this way. Uh, There's there's a handful of staff that I think are, are very smart. There's also... The rest of them that I think are very not smart, <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, I wouldn't sit there and, and say and tell them information they don't need to know if I thought they were going to take that information and go off in a different direction with it and try to do something that was not the right idea. So uh, basically what it comes down to is, yeah, they might be smart, but then they might not think about this because they'll be thinking emotionally. They'll be doing things based on emotion and not thinking clearly, completely clearly. I'm not saying they're dumb. I'm not saying that, you know, they would just go off and and make a decision without thinking about it first. But they might not have thought about everything. And this guy who's basically running the whole show and telling everybody what they need to do or not do does not want them to start thinking for themselves and trying to come up with a, with a master plan because he believes that everything he went through – um, everything he checked out was like, well, these are the options, and the best option is keep them going home. Don't even try. So, in 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 my idea, it's like, well, don't tell them because why bother telling them? If you do tell them, they might try to do something stupid. That's it. That's sounds where too I much. It's, it's it's it sounds too much like compartmentalization for me. 
Oh and yeah, I'm not of a course. fan of anything like that. I I don't agree with that. I think yeah. that's there are a lot of problems with that. Okay, yep. you you you're okay. So you claim that you don't think that they're stupid, but at the same time, you wouldn't tell them anything just in case that they would do something stupid. I'm saying I. Yeah, yes, you personally. Okay. Um, I'm saying I'm saying for this finds- for this situation, the guy wants to control it, make sure that they don't do something dumb that makes him look bad. So he's like, don't don't tell them anything. That's what it is. He's, well, he's all about control. That's his job. I'm Mr. Control. Well, they so. find out and they're very clearly upset. Um, But still, they even now, they don't even bother having the discussion to turn around and go get him. Mm-hmm. They decide that they're just going to keep on course and go home. There is no plan for them to turn around. The plan for them to turn around doesn't come until way later in the film. They're going home. So mm-hmm. even still, I still don't see the problem in waiting this long to tell them. They could still turn around right now and go back and get them. Yep. But they don't. They're yep. responsible and they keep going to go home. That's my mm-hmm. whole thing. Here is something else that I have a really big problem with. So now NASA and Mark are in contact with each other on a constant basis. They're doing this whole lot of texting thing. And I get why they do it. But they basically start micromanaging his crops. Mm. you're, You're talking to a guy who grew crops on a dead planet and you're going to tell him what to do with them. Like he right. doesn't know how to, how to maintain his, his goods. Really? Like this is so, Oh my God, this is just, this is just somebody who has a job for the sake of having a job. Right. Oh my God. That blows my mind. I think Mark knows what to do a hell of a lot better than you do. when you're not even there. Like, yep. I'm the one who did this. Mm-hmm. I planted all of this. I'm growing all of this. I'm maintaining it. I'm taking care of everything. And now some brain sitting behind a desk is going to tell me what to do with it. No, I wouldn't. I don't think I would go for that. Right. And then he goes into the whole thing about how uh, in order to colonize a place, you have to plant something there where you have to grow something there, be the first person to grow something there, or some variation of that. Mm-hmm. So technically, he colonizes Mars, and then he has that great line, in your face, Neil Armstrong. I thought yeah. that was really funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. He does that, goes off, does his little Fonzie thing. It's like, what's that, the Fonz? We can't we can't use that picture. Why not? Yeah, they need a picture, and he poses as the Fonz. Oh, my God. Why not? It was great, though. I know, right? Just post it. Everybody's gonna get a kick out of it. Look at this guy on Mars who's who's making it work and he's living and he's alive and he's 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 ruling it and he poses as the Fonz. Why yeah. not? What's wrong with that? I don't get the problem. Well, I I like how he did it like very last minute. Like he was like ah uh, Fonz, yeah. he just threw it in there like really quick and then like that ended up being the picture and he's like, well, okay, there it is. <laughs> That's what they get. <laughs> so anyway, oh I mean God. that that went through. He did that. And then we've got, um, huh, we get the big air airlock malfunction. Basically, yeah. you know, there that's my second kaboom here. Um, that was bad. And he's got that. Now, when it happens, though, it's actually pretty. It's a pretty epic scene. It's not just like something happened. He's going in. 
the airlock messes up, and then he gets blown away, thrown around, and then he's got this breach in his helmet, which he's like duct taping, duct taping, duct taping, mm. duct taping. Finally, you know, when he's got like less than 10% left of oxygen, he, he stops to leak. So he can like get up and go and get back in. And then of course... I love how, I love how the duct taping wasn't simple. Like when oh. he's unrolling, like one strand of it gets stuck together and he has to kind of jerry-rig it to get... It was, it's very, like you said before about... uh how he's acting it was very mm. realistic because oh, that yeah. happens to everybody when you oh, have yeah. duct tape and you're in a rush it tangles and you have that moment where you're just freaking out everybody's gone through that and it was super relatable and i oh, love yeah. that it was in there oh yeah very very realistic the way it was done because they didn't sit there and say that didn't look good shoot it again it's like no that's exactly how life is <laughs> actually it's it's amazing to me how much he did with duct tape he's in space He's using duct tape <laughs> to fix everything. What a guy. Duct, duct tape fixes everything. <laughs> what duct a guy. Duct tape fixes everything. Like you need duct tape. I swear by wire hangers. Uh, seriously, wire hangers have fixed so many things in my life. You know, parts with cars. <laughs> I got a fridge I fixed with, with wire hangers. You know, I've I've been able to unclog things, get things. It's uh, oh, it's yeah. just incredible. Wire hangers and duct tape have been my saving grace. Uh, I mean, besides Jesus, but anyway. Um, so we go through this. He gets gets in there, looks and sees his crops all destroyed. Everything's right. frozen. Everything, Everything that he frozen. had was gone. His home is basically and just, gone. And just when he puts his hand on the plant, it's like brittle. Like oh yeah, so done. Like he, I feel so bad for him. I feel so bad for him at this point. But here's my thing: why can't he grow more? I don't understand what. What do you mean, start over? Yeah, like he, like at this point, he thinks he's still gonna be there for a good long while. I, I don't know. I I don't I don't think at that point he's just like he's discouraged. You know, you're I talking. Get, to- he, I get his discouraged, and I get I get his discouraged, and I'm honestly I, I alluded to this before. He finally snaps, like he gets in his little rover and he takes his helmet off and he just loses it. He doesn't know what to do. He's slamming on the wheel, slamming on the hood. He just loses his mind. But I'm still saying. But even the next day, he's starting to clean, he's cleaning everything up, and it looks like he's starting over. And at this point, I still think he believes that he's going to be there for a good long while. Like, they haven't come up with the plan to turn around and go get him yet. Mm. I, I don't understand why he just doesn't start over. He has potatoes. He can make another fire if he wants to. I'm, I'm sure that whatever unit he was using didn't get completely destroyed, just the crops and everything. Well, you froze. don't know. You don't know because it's super cold up there. A lot of his stuff could have been totally destroyed. You don't know. They, they didn't get into Isn't detail this, there. They did not get into detail get, as to why he moved on. So I, I do agree with I, you there. I know I know they didn't get into detail, but I'm just saying, like, everything that he u- initially used to start this had already been exposed to space elements. And they clearly all survived and work when he brought them inside to make his fire in the first place. Yeah. So why doesn't he just start again? I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, I know it would be. They a were not process, all exposed to the elements get, in the first place. There's tons of stuff. I mean, probably in locked, like air locked uh, containers when they were brought in there. So I don't think it's not like things were just brought in, just like out in the in the Mars Martian air. No, 
Not at all. So I think a lot of his okay. stuff, all a lot of their instruments and things that he would need are totally destroyed. So that's that's that. Okay. Um. So he goes through a bunch of other stuff, basically. Um, doesn't he go through another storm at some point? Yeah, man. He's there's this really amazing scene where he's going through his inventory mm. and there's a massive storm going on outside. And the way the two play together is just, it's it builds a lot of tension because mm. he's going through inventory and it's very obvious that he does not have enough food to survive, but right. he struggles to get through his inventory anyway, because he has to. Mm. And the storm is going on outside and it's just one thing built upon another and it was just this amazing intense moment that oh yeah yeah. i i don't have a whole lot of words for the way this this was and just the look on his face like this is this is the moment that i have been waiting for throughout the entire movie where it's the jokes are over you know his 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 feel good you know throw caution to the wind attitude is out the window now he's in it and there he's in trouble and just yeah i'm struggling to find the words for how i felt about this but it was just it was amazing yeah i thought it was great i thought everything about that scene was just perfect um we spend a lot of time uh back on earth i wanted to write down how long but this is the longest period in the film where we don't see what mark is doing we don't right. see him for a good long while um they're back on Earth, and they come up with a plan that they're going to send him supplies so he can make it until uh, the four-year mark where another team is going to be there to kind of rescue him, I guess. Um, <laughs> so they're putting together a supply ship, and they come up with the brilliant idea to skip a whole bunch of tests because it's just going to take too long. They, they, they crunch the numbers and they get down to it and they decide, all right, this is how much food he has. This is how long he has to live. We have to get him this supply, skip all of the inspections and just launch. And they do it and just launch and the thing blows up. So it, everything just gets even worse. And you start, I started feeling, when I first saw this movie, I started getting this really weird feeling in the pit of my stomach. Like this movie isn't going to end well. I did not think that any good ending was going to come out of this. Just everything was just going wrong. It was just one thing after another. And well, I was like, it's done. Well, right. This because is- that's, that's when Matthew McConaughey shows up and he tries to kill him. Right. Oh, no, I messed up again. Darn. Um, Yeah. You there? Sorry. I'm eating salami. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so he goes through this, that, um, and basically skip that. Thing blows up. Okay. Um, he has to ration his food. So he's talking about what he's got. He's like, so basically I have to take this. It's supposed to take me. This is supposed to last me, you know this much time and I have to take this and then take this and cut this much off. And this is how, how what I have to live off of. And I'm going to eat this potato and I'm going to put it in crushed Vicodin because I don't care. And I'm all out of ketchup. <laughs> 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 and it's just, again, he still has a sense of humor. 
he's still the same exact person. Nothing's changing. Yeah. There. It's not like he's. It's not like he's lost all hope. I mean, he has, but it's not like he's giving anything up. He's still gonna do his logs. He's still gonna do whatever. Because it's like, well, what else am I gonna do at this point? Exactly. Yeah. Pretty much at that point, what else are you gonna do? Keep on logging. Um, and. I don't blame him for the crush Vicodin. I mean, at that oh, point, yeah. he's probably just in so much pain. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine just the constant work and the grind and what he has to go through to stay alive every day up there. I can't imagine what he must physically feel like. It must be brutal. So potatoes and Vicodin, knock yourself out, dude. Um, Being out of ketchup, that would really suck. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine just eating plain potatoes every day? Like, that's your meal every day. You get nothing else and no ketchup. A plain, dry potato every day. If there was a little bit of salt and pepper, I'd be okay, I think. He has no salt, no pepper. He has Vicodin, okay? Well, whatever. <laughs> I see no salt <laughs> and no pepper on this table. It's just potato, mm. a, a dry potato. I, little, little rosemary. That would drive me little rosemary oh dude there's no rosemary on potatoes oh so good he's on mars it's not like he can just go around the corner and get rosemary dude (laughs) Dude, he's a botanist all right he's a botanist he can make rosemary listen if if he's not willing to grow himself some more potatoes what makes you think that he's just gonna botany his way to making rosemary oh my god (laughs) so he has kind of a he has kind of a a give up moment where he's texting uh to Louise. what's her name? <laughs> Lu- Luis? No. Is he texting with Luis? <laughs> no. At this yeah, point was... I thought he was. You're right. You're right. They do they do have Whatever a his name is in this movie. I, I just I, he's always Luis to me because I just I love him in the Ant-Man movies. <laughs> Anyways, um he goes through this whole thing about if I don't make it Tell my parents that I love them. I mm-hmm. love what I do. It's mm-hmm. not your fault. Yada, 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 yada. And it was really the time before when his farm blows up. And now I'm so glad that these two scenes were in the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy that I got to see him lose it a little bit. It's oh, what yeah. I have been waiting for. It gave him a little bit more humanity than I thought he had. Because if he just went through this whole movie and he never once had a, oh, or never had a frustrating moment. He was just, I was like, well, I'm going to keep on going back to the drawing board. I would have been really disappointed. Oh, that right, would have taken right. away from this movie a little bit. I, I'm still blown away that the plastic and duct tape held the <laughs> held everything together. Like that whole, that whole area that got blown off, he just put it back together with plastic and duct, I can't, duct tape. I, I know, and I, I would not sleep in there. No. I would not feel comfortable at all because I one little I thing would, flies like they have another windstorm, which what happened. Rock, yeah. A, a, a single rock, rock goes a single rock it. flies That's, through it. You're done. That's oh it. Oh my God. And you're asleep. Oh my God. I know. I mean, I know, I know that there would be like an alarm that would go off, but still just yeah, like um, that one. <laughs> it'd be a little late at one, that point. It would be way late. Like I, the alarm <laughs> would probably wake you up. You would be alive long enough to probably go, and that would, and then that one rip would just. I can imagine. Yeah. I wouldn't. I would. I would sleep in the Humvee. That was the. Like, that was the biggest is, part that made me go. Ooh, I don't believe that. Neither, <laughs> neither did I. Neither I did don't I. believe that at all. I don't believe you're sleeping in there. No, you're too smart to 
put this thing back together with duct tape and then go, well, it's good enough. I'm going to bed now. No, no, <laughs> that, that, that RV, that, that Humvee, whatever it is, that's my new home. I'm sleeping in that every mm. night. I don't care. Um, so this is where, uh, Sean Bean becomes very Sean Bean and goes against orders <laughs> and basically does it really wisely. So he sends something that should be a picture to the crew, but it's not a picture because girl, I forget her name in this movie, girl looks at it for two seconds and goes, this isn't a picture, this is something else, does some computer magic, and it's basically a flight plan on going back to get him. Mm-hmm. And the idea now, new, brand new plan, the idea is while they're swinging around Earth, they are going to launch up a resupply unit. They are going to resupply and go back to Mars to get him. Mm. I think yep. they said something like another year or something like that or five yeah. months or yep. something. Some very long period of time that they are going to be in space, additionally on top of whatever it is that they had already done. That's yeah. that's nuts. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely nuts. And oh, yeah. I feel bad for that one dude who's, they can do like video things and like talk to their loved ones and everything because they're close enough to earth. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for this one dude who got like three or four kids and it's just like, hey guys, daddy's going back to Mars and it's like, Wow, like that's yeah, yeah. that's that's gonna be tough. Like <laughs> my heart goes out to people, people with kids who saw that scene because I can't imagine what anybody felt like in that situation, especially him. Like right. here are your kids. You've been in space long enough. I think there was one who we never held, and Luis had a kid that was just born, and now he's leaving. He never held his son or daughter, and this is a really rough situation. I don't. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it at this point. Like, if these were just a bunch of people who were like, we have loved ones, but we don't have kids, we're not married. Yeah, sure, turn around and go get your friend. But, right. you know, right. some of you maybe rethink this or maybe find a way to get off ship now and kind of go home. Like, you got other responsibilities. You can't just spend your life in space. Right. I don't know. That's that's how I feel. How did you feel about that? Because you're the one with kids. Like, I have no kids, so I don't feel like I should be able to talk about something like this. I don't have that kind of experience. You do, so. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I I look at astronauts almost like, I know this is kind of out there and different, but almost like soldiers in a way. It's like you're doing Mm -hmm. something that's like, it's, it's important, you know? I mean, if, if we're looking to, you know, find a way to, to make another planet, you know, inhabitable if necessary, you know, like that's a big deal. So when right. when you have when you have a mission like that when you have, um, you know a real purpose, it's hard to say. I'm not I'm not in a position like that. You know, at least as far as my like my daily job goes, um, where where I have to make that choice between like the betterment of mankind or my family. You know, so I don't really know. I think as it goes, like I, I love my children. You know, I love my 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 whole family, but it really depends on it depends on the situation, I guess. It depends on what I'm okay. doing. It depends on what's happening. So in this case, it's really hard for me to say. I don't think it it really applies at all. I'm just not that person. I'm not in that position. Right. Yeah. It's just 
because I was thinking about it kind of along the lines of what you said. You look at astronauts kind of like soldiers and they're doing something for a greater purpose. They're not doing anything for a greater purpose here. They're no. doing this to go rescue one person. This right. isn't it's not like they're going back to Mars for a purpose to collect samples or build a condo. They're going back to rescue somebody. I and again, this is just my opinion. I think for some of them on that ship is a little irresponsible. Like you have better things that you could be doing back home than going to rescue one person. That's just me. That might seem a little cold hearted, but if I had kids, I'm getting off that ship one way or another. I'm not going back. That's just that's just how I feel. Unless, of course, there is a purpose. Is me going back going to improve on life on Mars in any way? If the answer is yes, then I might think about it. If the answer is no, then there's absolutely no way. Right. That's how I feel about that. Mm. Um... So, this I thought was really cool, this next part. We finally get back to Mark after, and I know we went through it really fast, but in the end of it, this is not, this is a long movie, but a lot happens, so Mm. it's pretty easy to get through, like, really quickly. Yeah. We get back to Mark after, I'm guessing, like, 20 minutes, half an hour of not seeing him at all. He just looks terrible. He's bearded, he got long hair, he has lost a ton of weight, probably from rationing his food. Mm -hmm. And he goes into this whole thing about how he has to go to a ship, but he needs approval to get to a ship because he's not a citizen of space, and when you're in space, (laughs) you're under, (laughs) you know where I'm going, you're um, under international water law, and since... There's a lot of other legal mumbo-jumbo going on here, but essentially he is a space pirate. Yep. And he logicked his way to explaining how he was a space pirate. He didn't just come out and say, oh, I'm a space pirate. Right. Uh, and just in case the beard and the look doesn't give it away, yeah, <laughs> this is really cool how how <laughs> this whole thing happened. I loved it. And then he's no, he on was on there for what, 461 souls, was it? Or days, it's whatever? amazing. It's amazing, yeah. and he has that written on the wall. He signs it, and then we talked about this last week when we were talking about Walter Mitty. Starman starts playing. Like, yeah. last week, Space Oddity started playing. Now, mm-hmm. Starman starts playing, and it's amazing. This was amazing. This was mm-hmm. great. I love Bowie, especially when it's it makes sense. <laughs> when it's relevant. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> exactly, especially since, well, he... But we did a lot of things that had to do with space. Like he had a fascination with just like out there. Yeah. And both times, like, (laughs) yeah, man, this was this was pretty cool. Um, And the spiders from Mars. Ah. Yeah. They missed that. I don't know. I think this song fits a lot better than just regular Ziggy. Yeah. Uh, We get another. It gets mm, it gets a little jumbled uh, yeah. from me here. We have another scene where he's walking around and he's doing this voiceover montage now about how go up on that rock, first man to do that. Go over there, first man to be there, mm-hmm. pick up that rock, first person to do this. And he's just going on about this for a little while and it felt 
it felt kind of out of place. Like the music that's going on during this, the tone of his voice going on during this, it it's almost like it should have come a little bit earlier when he was freaking out in the RV that right. everything of his blew up. Like that's where this scene should have been, but instead it's here and I don't really understand why. Well, I, I think it's I think it's because this is kind of like in place of, of the Wilson character, you know, like it's in place of him. Like he just needs to talk. He just needs to do something and say these things because it's, it's what he needs to hold on to in order to continue like focusing on his mission, you know, like he just needs to keep going. So he needs to, he has these thoughts because otherwise if you're just focusing on the mission, you're going to lose your mind. He's losing it. He's lost it. Yeah, I guess. So, so I, I, is I like this it. where, is this where he lost it for you? Like, no, it's not where he lost it. It's it's where he's still struggling for control. So it's not a matter of okay. he's he's lost it. It's a matter of like he's just trying to occupy his mind from going insane. Right. Uh, so moving on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um he gets to the ship where they are going to launch him into space and he's gonna rendezvous with the crew. Yep. They go through this whole thing about uh, you're going to be too far away. You're not going to be going fast enough. So we have to take everything apart on this thing that's going to be launching you into space. And essentially, it comes down to a tin can with no windows, no roof, and yeah. no control panel, yeah. and we're just going to launch you underneath a tarp. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't I even... I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That he can't control... They're going to be controlling it from the ship. They're going to remote control this thing mm-hmm. and they're going to launch him into space uh, again under a tarp. Yep. He just puts a tarp over it and I'm done. And here's my spaceship. And <laughs> Well, if you think about it, I mean, what's the tarp really I, doing? <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's valid. It makes sense because he's. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It just, it just, that seems crazy. That's that. that out of everything that's happened in this movie, this, for some reason, seems the most insane. Yeah. You have no protection but your suit and a tarp, and we're going to launch you at, at however many thousands of miles an hour into space. And you don't even know if you're really going to make it to your destination or not. You just cross your fingers and hope. You have no control over where you're going, they're controlling you from the heavens above, and here we go. It just blows my mind. It blows my mind that, that it worked out that way. Well, it almost blew his mind, too. I guess so, because he passes out. They <laughs> launch him into space, and he passes out. He's, he's out. They're trying to talk to him. And backing up a little bit, his face. His face... When he first hears another human voice, his face turns beet red and he starts crying a little bit, but he got to hold it in. And I thought it was really well acted. Like Matt Damon did an amazing job in this part as well. But Matt Damon is amazing throughout this entire thing. That was Not that bad was crazy. From Boston. Yep. Uh, so before he gets launched, <laughs> he's talking to himself. Well, he's not talking to himself. I guess he's talking to the cam again. He's he's talking to his log again. Yeah. And he's like, they told me that I can be the fastest person in the history of space travel. Like, that's going to entice me <laughs> to actually do this. They want to launch me into space under a tarp, and they told me to be the fastest man in the history of space travel. <laughs> right. Like, I, like I'm going to like the sound of that. Yeah. 
I do like the sound of that. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, it was really cool. Um, have you checked out? No. What do you mean? Because you're, you're, I'm talking to myself, man. You're, you're running the show, man. You're, you're, you're going through it and you're going through it. I didn't have anything else to say. <laughs> oh, well, why didn't you just say I don't have anything else to say? I'm saying, well, I didn't have like, anything else to say about what you're saying. I didn't have any other notes about this specific part. I'm, I am agreeing with you. <laughs> okay. All right, man. Uh, we go back down to earth and the whole world is just waiting. They're, they're waiting to hear that this person is going to be okay. I mean, we're in LA, we're in Times Square, we're in, I think at one point, we're in London, in Tokyo, just all over the world. Everybody is focused, like fixated on the news. And is this person going to be okay? Oh my God, this is the greatest thing that's happened in the history of man. This guy has been on Mars for over a year and this is the moment. And is he going to be okay? Is he going to be able to come home? Um, well, <laughs> everybody's ready. Everybody's ready. What's going to happen? All right. We're going to, we're going to lift off. We're going to take it up and we're going to go. And Hello? he goes up. Whoa. Okay. What? Nothing. Yep, <laughs> yeah. He so goes basically up, he, he goes out. up and the tarp is gone. Like pretty quickly. <laughs> no Doesn't tarp. Doesn't make it that all long, right. does it? No, not at all. <laughs> doesn't <laughs> not that it was doing was much point? anyway i mean may, hey what? maybe if he used duct tape we would have been fine but i didn't see much duct tape on there there was not enough <laughs> so what was so, the point of the tarp i don't know was there a point there was no point to him maybe the tarp maybe it was thing. just to make him feel a little bit better and also a little bit of wind resistance you know wind resistance yeah like a windbreaker. wind resist he got a spacesuit on with a helmet what wind is going to be blowing um, in his face. I don't know. I'm don't just know. saying. I mean, obviously it was enough um, to blow the tarp off. So, you know, whatever. It's anyways, a little bit, a little tarp more is off. He, he, he wakes up. He's looking around. He realizes that he's off course. He comes up with this plan. I have to get to you, but you're too far away. Mm-hmm. Here's where you're going to love it. He's going to poke his hole in the hand of his suit and fly around space like Iron Man. I love that he actually says like Iron Man. I bet you would. <laughs> it was pretty great. I mean, that's what he said, right? Yeah, that's what he said. Okay. No, wait a second. I, I didn't just write that in my notes. He actually said like Iron Man. Okay. Yes. Okay, good. He actually says, I'm going to fly around in space like Iron Man. Which makes me happy because, again, Luis, like directly... Mm. You're like, okay, you know, it's not like it's some character like way off and not, okay, right there. <laughs> so he goes up there, he's like, I'm going to fly around like Iron Man. And that's basically exactly what he did. He had some difficulty controlling it at first, but he figured it out just like, yeah, it was like, just was, like Iron was, Man. It was like he was learning. Exactly. It's <laughs> like he was learning how to be Iron Man in space. Yeah. That was and crazy. It was, it was, it was perfect. It was smart. It's probably this, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a genius, but it, it's the same thing I would have thought of. It's like, well, if I can survive off of, you know, so much oxygen, you know, then whatever, let me make it. So that was his idea. And, and it's basically, he's coming in hot. He's coming in hot. He's coming in hot. Boom. Crash, crashes into her. Let's go back up. And then he makes it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they, they catch him. They bring him back down. And it, that's, you know, pretty much that's all, folks. 
you know? Yeah. Then we then we cut right. back to him. You know, he's talking a little bit. His hair's a little bit longer. It looks like he's making that movie We Bought a Zoo or something where he's got, like, some longer hair. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and did that come out right afterwards or something? I don't know. But I remember seeing some, like, previews. I'm like, what's up with his hair? He actually has, like, longish hair, and that's not Matt Damon. And um, so... He's up there. It's like Mark Watney, astronaut survivalist teacher, you know, like that's who he is. Yeah. And he, and he goes through and says, sometimes this is going to happen. Sometimes that's going to happen. His humor is still there. He's, you know, he's witty. He's quick. And, and I love it because basically at that point he says, anybody have any questions? Every single hand goes up. Of course. Every of course single hand goes, goes up. up. If and it's you were amazing. sitting in that class, your hand would go up too. Oh, Everybody yeah. had every this is this is a person like and I'm I'm surprised he's teaching like he could get paid a ridiculous amount of money just to go give a lecture somewhere where nobody asks him any questions. Just come here, speak for an hour and we're going to pay you this much money. No, he doesn't want to do that. He wants to teach. Well, that's, that's not the type of person he is. No, it's not. And I not love that. I absolutely love that. It's not the mm. type of person that he is. I love that he decides that he's going to pass on his knowledge to somebody else just in case mm-hmm. some unfortunate events happen again when these people are up there. That's oh, right. amazing. It's, it's incredible. absolutely amazing. One thing that we uh, we kind of blew by that I did like that was really funny. So, like you said before, you're coming in hot, you're coming in hot, you're coming in hot. Before that even happens... The crew realize that they have to slow down a little oh, bit. Oh, right, right, yeah. They can't yeah. use a whole bunch. They can't. They're so smart about it. They can't use a whole bunch of fuel to slow down. Otherwise, they won't have enough fuel to get back home. Right. So they just blow a door up and and let the oxygen get sucked out, slow them down. Like, and it works. That's insane. That was a, that, it's crazy, but <laughs> The fact it that worked. they did it, ju- it was like, it worked. It was, it worked just enough. And enough to catch him, and it's like everything fell into place, and it's it's all of them just saying, "Here's the only idea we can potent like we can possibly think of," and it right. worked, you know. But again, this whole movie is not just a bunch of people. It's it's not it's not an action movie where the guy's like just jumps off a building and then somehow survives, or you know jumps off a train bridge and into a window and saves a three-legged dog. You know, it's not just like this random stuff. Like they thought this stuff through and said, well, this is our only opportunity with what we have. And they did it and it worked, you know, because they, they actually thought about, you know, other solutions, not just like, you know, jumping off and, and hoping for the best, but thinking about all of these different possibilities. And it's like, okay, how can we do this and not die? Well, this is the only thing I can think of. Let's give it a shot. We might die, but uh, we're 70% sure we won't die. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it works. I mean, especially when, if you're in Mark's place, you've come that far. Oh, and yeah. And <laughs> you, you got to go just a little bit further. What At that point, what do you have to lose? You might as well just go go for it. Go for all. Yeah, you know, just but in a lot of cases, there man, are a just, lot of people who might be in his position where it's like, no, I'm so close to being actually saved, I don't want to chance this. But then again, you know, he's not that person. He's like, I want to make sure I can, like, whatever. He's going to do it because he's smart. And I think that's yeah. that's the whole thing about this is that we don't have a bunch of dumb astronauts. We have people who are all really smart people, you know? Yeah. And everybody in this movie, you know, it's it's... It's not very often you see a space movie that's this smart, 
I'll put it that no, way. No, no, it isn't. And I think Something, that's what makes it stand, stand alone from the others. It's not just like action-packed, blah, 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 this is happening, that's happening. It's really well done. I mean, Gravity was another one that was similar to this, so it was space-wise, but... I don't know. I've never seen gravity not on the big screen. Like we were in like the IMAX, like big, like crazy thing. And I feel like that movie is just not the same if you don't watch it in that in that setting. Because I was like having a heart attack watching that movie. And <laughs> so and, I'm the opposite. I did not see gravity on the big screen. I saw uh, it when it was released. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I still really? enjoyed it. I don't okay. think. I think the spectacle of seeing space on that magnitude on the big screen would would have been something to behold but the overall point and plot of the film wasn't lost on me at all i think it wasn't so much about the spectacle of space it was since it was so big and you're you're in a dark theater you really felt mm-hmm. like you were there next to her like going through everything like you're breathing oh, wow. when she's like hyperventilating and freaking out like you're like <gasps> watching it like that and i thought that was what made the what made that, in, that entire theater experience 150% worth it oh wow yeah and, and it's wow. it's insane and i and i i wouldn't expect somebody who's seen it not on the big screen you know, to to go into it and get the same effect if they ever did. It's more like my first time seeing it. I was like, wow, it's the first time I ever saw a movie in the big in on the big screen and said, I'm so glad I saw it here and not somewhere else. Because I usually don't care how I watch a movie. Like, I'm not a big mm-hmm. I'm not a really picky about it. But after seeing this movie, I was like, whoa, I know that I'm not going to like it as much if I see it anywhere else. Wow. It was so it was almost as if since. I'm thinking I'm like man I wish I went to the Museum of Science and watched it in the Omni Theater you know where you're like totally oh, wow, surrounded yeah. by it like that would have been like whoa <laughs> but you know IMAX is is definitely up there so anyway I mean back to this whole thing is as uh, the Martian is again the the most sciency you know movie I've seen. That was just like, wow, I really love that it's like it's realistic. They actually, you know, knew what they were talking about. It's legit. I haven't done a, I haven't done a whole lot of research about this movie um, mm. behind the scenes wise. I usually I don't like to do that because it ruins the experience for me. Mm-hmm. This is one movie where I really want to because I'm dying to know what Ridley Scott did and the team that he assembled to make this movie so smart. Right. That's right. something that I'm really curious about knowing. Like, where did you get all of these brilliant ideas from? Agree. Because I know you didn't yeah. think of them on your own. You, you had people all around you going, no, this isn't going to work. Do it this way. It's not going to, it's not like that. It would be like this and A, B, and C all the right. way to Z. Like, this is that kind of movie. And it's amazing. And it's telegraphed brilliantly. Oh, yeah. And it's just one of those movies that I don't aside from you know the couple of nitpicks that I had which are ridiculous and I'll be the first to admit that I don't have anything bad to say about this film it was yeah, amazing me and I had a really great I had a really great time with it and overall I had a really great time with the fact that this is a guy who was alone in space for over a year mm-hmm. and against all of the odds Never lost his sense of humor, never lost his mind, didn't lose his composure, was able to think his way through everything, and at the end of it, he was rescued and he was able to come home yep. because he kept it together. He kept his cool for the most exactly. part. Exactly. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was great. Um, yeah. This was, a sh- this was a quick one today. Uh, yeah, I love done. it. <laughs> All right. You love it. 
<laughs> well, I, I, it's, it's right. always great when I can go to bed before three in the morning. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. And yep. Bye bye. Have a happy. <laughs>